passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Marching merrily along here on the latest and greatest six rings and football things. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, Pat's Puri. We're going to need some theme music or something jazzy to uh, get this. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you get on that. Little, yeah. Just a little production, just like a little five second sting or just, you know, something that just that, that, that heralds the segment with the kind of fanfare that I know it brings about uh, for the happy Pat's fans, boys and girls all throughout Pat's nation. We've got a lot of nuggets, Andy. I, for, I'm the guy that you claim is never happy, never excited, never likes anything. I love doing this. This is oh, my favorite segment, the Pat's, Pat's Puri. Pat's Puri is everyone's favorite segment, Andy. I mean, there are, if you ask standard issue, you know, the the hardcore, the diehards, the Foxborough and Fenway faithful right now, what are their two favorite segments on podcasts and in broadcast radio right now? They will tell you to a man, woe man and fan right now, it's Grab Bag on the Rich Keefe Show. And it's Pat's Puri on six rings and football things because you get a little something for everyone. Well, it's uh, it's just like in columns. I love reading the the old like cleaning out the desk drawer columns where it's just little quick hits and things of that nature, little notes and anecdotes. Big fan. Speaking of which, quick one just off the uh, Twitter press wire. Oh, according to Mike Reese one minute ago, free agent wide receiver Slade Bolden is working out with the Patriots. Former Alabama receiver, worked with Mac Jones. Billy O'Brien knows him. So, hey, you know, if you want a slot receiver, maybe Slade Bolden could be in your uh, wheelhouse early this offseason. There it is. Uh, can I, may I just remind everybody, Slade Bolden last season uh, was the – was it last year or two years ago? Did he come out the same year Mac did? Uh, I don't know. I think he did. Uh, you can look that up while I blow V8 and uh, filibuster here. Uh, Slade Bolden was the okay. This is Max Hunter Renfro. This was his college Wes Welker. This was his Edelman. They're going to get him one of his guys. The you know classic like 
Oh, he's you know under six foot tall white dude who catches passes and he's shifty in the slot and can get open in a phone booth. We'll see him in Foxborough. Ninety catches next season, no doubt. And yeah, he, course, he came yeah, out last year. He did. Who yeah. took him? Was he drafted or was he an Udfa? No, he. I believe he was a UFA with the uh, Ravens. Had him, um, and then he was hurt. I think he had a groin injury. Yep. So he. he 24 years old, a little bit older, like, Slade Bolden, but uh it's like a young Sam Smith. And he's singing Sam Smith. He's a singer. Uh anyway, he's yeah, he's a very popular singer. He's, uh, so I uh, grew up in Louisiana, uh played at Alabama. He's five foot ten and a half, hundred and ninety pounds. Seems like he could uh wouldn't you that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Well, we're dying to love we are dying to love him, Andy. We are dying. To love him because we didn't get our Hunter Renfro. The Patriots have lacked at the Welker and Edelman position. They need that next guy. And especially, I'm not saying like insert Bolden for what Jacoby Myers did here, but considering that you are on the precipice of or could potentially lose arguably your top receiver of the past two seasons, uh, you're going to need to throw some bodies at that as well. So he had 24 catches in 2020 working with Mac Jones, then in 2021 had 42 catches for 408 yards. He's a, he had 10.5 career um, yards per catch average over 68 catches, most uh-huh. of that over the last two seasons. So, yeah, do I think he's actually any sort of significant option or anything for the Patriots? No, I do not. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's this time of year. It's pre-combine. It's offseason. We'll throw him in the, in the uh, Pats Puri talk. That's exactly where he belongs. Uh, it was a sports hernia that he suffered from that uh, derailed his rookie season as an UFO with the Ravens. Uh, point of interest, if I may, and then we'll move on to our next little nugget. Played with Bill O'Brien. We have coordinator mm-hmm. familiarity. So quarterback and coordinator could be advocating for the Pats to bring him in and give him a shot. So, we'll And see. if he takes Jacoby Myers' spot, we're porked. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Andy, <laughs> I hate to tell you, but uh, between inflation, the uh, – Alien invasion that is already well underway. Uh, Did you see that year, one off the wing of the plane? Next year, uh, being an Holy election crap. year, we are porked. No, I didn't see one off the wing of the plane. After the podcast, look that up. It's from like the sun, and it was making the rounds on Twitter yesterday where somebody doing like the, the outside the, the plane window wing. of Then there's this thing that is straight out of a freaking movie, this big black object that just comes up and doesn't look like a regular plane because it kind of comes up and then levels out in the clouds. It, Yeah, they're here. There is no doubt in my mind they are freaking here. They are all around us. Uh, let's hope that they like robust football talk with Zesty Takes because for certain uh, they would want to be tuned into six rings and football things. Oh, my God. That is a strange alien object. What in the holy hell is that thing? It's a UFO. Like, I think we can just agree, unless it's CGI, unless it's edited. But if that's a real video, that is an actual UFO that I just saw. Mother of Pearl. What in the heavens is that? It's that a UFO. Is, that is, has to be. That, that has to be. A, a weather balloon wow. or it's uh, like, and don't try to sell me on anything other than it's a UFO. I don't even, I, all right. Well, let's just try to get through this podcast before we're all either brought aboard the mothership or zapped into ashes and oblivion. All right, moving on with Pat's Free. There's been your <laughs> unidentified Foxborough object coming in. Uh, any other combine thoughts you care to share, Andy? What are the Patriots like? 
what do the Pats do at the combine? Like, aside from like generate Belichick memes with like looking through the binoculars, and are they big combine guys? It seems like the Patriots get their guys elsewhere. Well, they've they. I don't think they're necessarily oh the combines the be all end all, but Belichick does and always has cared about numbers. Like I'll go back to people that tell me, oh, he doesn't care. Nope. Go back to like Ben Watson. He falls in love with combine testers too, just like every other coach on the planet at various times. Now they've handled the combine differently in different years. Sometimes they they all go and they're in there en masse, like for the whole week. Sometimes they're intermittent. Generally, the position coaches show up just for their position. So mm-hmm. whatever couple days or the O-line, your um, Adrian Clem will be there. Now, remember, it's a new staff coming together. Mm-hmm. So I think that could affect um, what's going on and, and how they handle it. Now, obviously, you won't hear from Bill because mm-hmm. Bill doesn't do um, the combine press conference like others do. He inter- He's done it like twice in my time over the last 20 years covering it. He only it. speaks at the uh, owners meetings, I believe. Yes, usually. he'll do yeah. the owners meetings. I would look out for, um, you'll probably get like a Matt Grow, uh, Patriots.com, two-minute sit-down, heavily edited interview this week. Um, Our pals um, Mike Dussault and Evan Lazar are out there this week. Maybe we could effort to uh, see if we could get one of them with some quick combine thoughts on the later week edition of the pod. Uh, That would be a uh, maybe next week, actually. Let's let them digest the entirety of it before we put them on the spot. But yes, I I think that would be a good Mm -hmm. idea because they are boots on the ground. I'm a little jealous. I do kind of miss that aspect. I I do kind of miss I actually just miss road trips in general. Like, I don't know. We're doing, we're doing the post-game show. We're doing podcasts. We fill in from 6A to 11P all over the dial. Like, I don't get to go to as many tailgate. I got to go to, like, a tailgate last year. I don't get yeah. to go to combines. I, don't, I haven't been to the draft in forever. Yeah, kind of I miss sad. the people. I miss the people, the events, the action. I need a I little something. People. I just miss the event, but I don't really it's, like people. I, either, you know, either someone figure out what's German for six rings and football things, or I'm out by this fall because I want road pods. Over Wait, you're quitting? No, is that well? You promise? Not, well, not yet. What's that? Oh, you promise? Oh, don't. You, your wish will come true soon enough. Don't worry. Uh, um. So but yeah, the, just you know, you never know what's going to come out of the combine because agents, like one year when they were heavily in the negotiations with Logan Mankins, his agent right. kind of went off at the combine, so you never really know. Um, what's going to transpire? An agent, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. A speculation warning. This is just speculation. For example, That's what we do. John U. Smith's agent could be like, he needs to be traded. He's miserable. It's not working. We need to figure something out. Like anything on any player on the roster, in addition to the prospects, um, could be a talking point this week because the whole NFL is basically in Indy and there'll be a uh, lot of whispers and a lot of uh, alcohol induced uh, mm. information flowing. Yes. Good. You know, a good old, uh, the old, uh, the good old boys network, the old hobnobbing around the, yep. around the fireplace, around the bar top. So this is where the groundwork could be laid. Forget about three cone drill. Oh, the Patriots love the three cone drill. Yeah. You know, how high did he jump? What's his standing broad? What's his 40 time? Last year, they fell in love with Tyquan Thornton because he was the fastest guy at the Combine. Now that worked out for you. <laughs> nah, not great so far. Not, I don't think he's a bust already, as you wrote, or is it you I put a question. You Everybody's forgotten about it. I know. He could you. actually be a significant contributor. I you would people. have maybe gone. No, not you people. I, I even said last year, while I appreciate the fact that they went for speed, I would have maybe taken someone who could have been 
a little less boom or bust. I wouldn't have minded a safer picket wide receiver. That George Pickens guy, he would have looked nice in a Patriots uniform. But hey, listen, maybe Tyquan Thornton will have me eating my words with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Uh, okay, so the Pats aren't going to be so in on like, oh, look at this guy. Look at the jump. Look at the three cone on this guy. But they could be laying the groundwork for some new deals, some reconfigurations, some cuts, some signings. Good to know. Uh, let's see. Moving on with the potpourri. Uh, Demarcus Covington, once again, dare I say proverbial bullet dodged. He will not be taking the, we already know he's not going to go to the Cardinals. They wanted to interview him for defensive coordinator. They hired somebody else. And he will not be going to the Los Diego Chargers as their defensive coordinator. So one of the hot young defensive coaching prospects in the league stays with the Patriots as their defensive line coach this season. He had a chance to be the defensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator of the Senior Bowl. Very much appreciated, respected in the building, Andy. So uh, that's a plus. That's a that's a nice little feather in the cap for the Pats. Yeah, because you don't want to uh, solidify your offensive coaching staff only to watch your defensive coaching staff fall apart. And that could have happened this offseason. With Mayo and Covington, if you lose both those guys, mm -hmm. now I think we're talking about, uh-oh, defense what does bill have to do how ill prepared are they for this but to be able to keep the defensive coaching staff together keep hot commodities like covington and mayo is positive and i will uh continue to throw out there because i don't know if this is seen as like racist or or taboo or whatever that's a great the, preface before you say anything so yeah dilbert told me that <laughs> um <laughs> but as you develop minority coaches, there's now value in the NFL in terms of draft pick compensation if they move on to better jobs. So it's also good business in the way that in the old days, having three quarterbacks was good business because you might be able to turn one into a draft pick down the road. Um, eventually, you may end up getting draft. Even if Mayo stays, mm -hmm. Mayo's the chosen one. Well, maybe Covington is the guy that turns into draft pick compensation. So even in that light, um, it's good business at some point for his Q rating around the league to rise mm -hmm. to a level where you may benefit from it. Uh, Bill Barnwell, in a piece that he posted to Espen Plus, ESPN.com plus package, uh, you can uh, easily read all those articles and more if you get what I like to call the uh, the bundle, as they, as they call it. You get, I get the uh, bundle. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. Money well spent, something like 13 bucks a month, especially considering that by the time you listen to this, The Mandalorian could be back. This is the way. Anywho, Bill Barnwell, in his latest missive, which Keith and I were posturing, runs just about five to ten words shorter every week than Peter King's Football Morning in America. I, I think it. they... I think they chase each other down the 25,000 word hole every week. It's it's impossible. I blame I, I Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons started this. I blame Bill Simmons. He yeah. used to just absolutely empty the bucket of words. And I think it was all just like showing off like, oh, look yeah, at but me. When I, it was write Bill Sim I know. But when it was Bill Simmons being, you know, being, you know, with the, the charm and the smarm and the pithy from the Super Bowl with his running diaries, that was fun. Afterwards, it was like, come on, let's just let's just get to the point. Guys. Let's Hate it. Concise. Uh, um, Be concise. Exactly. Anyway, Bill Barnwell, in his most recent piece, said he could see the Patriots re-signing Jacoby Myers and postured there could be many cut candidates, including Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, and Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, wow. I don't... Can you imagine if they just, like, ate all that dead money, cleaned house, and said, all right, everyone that was either a problem or underproduced last season, get out! Yeah, I, none of it makes any sense to me. I know Bill mm -hmm. Barnwell is considered, like, this this 
savant or I don't even know what yep. people consider him, but people seem to care what he thinks. He's a um, beautiful football mind, as some say. I guess. I'm not so sure. It might be broken. This seems like an ugly football mind. So John O. Smith, you cut him. He costs more to not play for you than he does to play for you. Um, <laughs> that's not good. It's a bitter pill to swallow. Now, you could argue which one you get more out of. That's a fair argument because he is a bit of a turnover machine at times and looks uncomfortable with the football. Um, Hunter Henry is – so you – I guess in this scenario, you are re-signing Jacoby Myers, but then you're taking away Mac Jones's other security blanket, Hunter Henry, who in his first year, forget last year, which was a little bit slow starting and Matt Patricia, all that, Hunter Henry was the comfort red zone guy for Mac Jones. And as you're mm -hmm. trying to build up Mac Jones again, I don't know why you'd cut Hunter Henry. I'm more in line with the people that think maybe Hunter Henry gets an extension yeah. over, and you, you bring him back. And then Kendrick Bourne. I mean, I guess if it got so personal and it's so toxic, his relationship with the team. But again, I think some of that was Matt Patricia related, not necessarily mm -hmm. Bill O'Brien related. So there's a new none of these make sense to me. None. And I also think he's a little low on what because he comped a two year deal that Hunter Renfro signed with the Raiders to at 32 two for 32. Or, that was Hunter Renfro. Yeah. 16 million a season. Man, what a brutal year Hunter Renfro had last well, year. I would do that. I would do the shorter term, bigger money. You know, I had told you I was thinking three and three 39. for 39. Maybe yeah. you can steal, steal him. Mike Reese just this weekend said with Tannenbaum uh, in his Sunday notes wow. column, they're thinking 15 to 20 million per season for Jacoby Myers on the open market because there's a lot of money to be spent. There's not a lot of great receivers to spend it on. Um, so I'm not sure you get, I think none of this makes sense from Bill Barnwell. That entire piece that was the Patriots in his column to me makes no sense. And Devontae Parker is a potential cut candidate. What say you to, I mean, for five and a half million dollars for a guy um, that's great on 50, 50 balls, when you need somebody who's over six foot one to go and get him a red zone target. He and so Mac had a nice little chemistry last year at times, Andy. Who's playing receiver? Yeah. Uh, the corners. They're going to like, I, I, cause if you cut, um, if you cut Bourne and you cut Parker, does he not bleed? Like, oh, I don't know. He's a machine. He's bubbly. Um, but I just—they don't have a ton of receivers right now. They have a nice little group of complementary. I just—I wonder what Barnwell's big picture idea is. Are they drafting a receiver and trading for a receiver? Now you could sell me on that. If they draft Zay Flowers at at fourteen and trade for Hopkins and add him to Tyquan Thornton and Jacoby Myers, okay, you have receivers. But that's a big if. That's two big uh -huh. ifs in there. Um, and Parker, I believe Parker, the bulk of his money, almost all of it is salary. So uh -huh. I wouldn't cut him until the final cuts of August uh -huh. if I were gonna, if I were thinking of cutting him. I don't. I, I think there'd be a role for him on this team. I would hate to see Kendrick Bourne cut after all he showed in 2021 and all the poor guy went through and the way he was mocked and turned into a veritable Patriots pariah last season as well. Uh, speaking of Zay Flowers, anyone who is still with us here on the pod, whether you went all the way through or you're just listening to the second half because you love the news notes, nuggets, and tidbits of interest in Pat's Paris, do yourself a flavor and just go to Twitter and type in Zay Jones, and you'll see a receiver who plays for Jacksonville. If you type in Zay Flowers, you will see someone who is absolutely yoked my word, this kid has put on 13 pounds of pure, unadulterated, grown man muscle. He is cut, primed, and ready and is going to be a combine star. And if you think the Patriots thought they could maybe get him at 14, which was probably way higher than they might have ever been prepared to draft him since they were all over him like white on rice and like flies on crap, 
at the East-West Shrine game. Holy smokes. This guy might end up finding his way into the top 10 if he runs like a 4-3 and puts on a show at the Combine, Andy. Yeah, it um he's he's trending in that direction. There's a lot to like about him. If you remember DK Metcalf had the famous shirtless photo that kind of lifted him and AJ Brown a couple years ago that was all over social media and then Pete Carroll took his shirt off and that whole thing. Uh Zay Flowers, this is a similarly popular photo that's going to spread like wildfire through the mm-hmm. football world. Um I started as I begin and you teased it a little earlier. We will have six rings um positional prospect preview podcast heading towards the NFL draft started really digging into the wide receiver position this week, watched a lot of um, tape on some of the top prospects that are yeah, expected to be there on that tape. Um, Zay flowers is really impressive. Like his on field, he's, he's got some, good. he's going to be a very good NFL player. Um, I'm a little a scared again to quote Glenn Ordway for the second time in 10 minutes, legend of the radio business that, he is going to get a little overdrafted, but hell, it feels like everybody gets overdrafted these days. And if you made me rank my receivers right now, I would have him number one. I would have Jordan Addison number two. Um, I think those two guys are really good. Um, uh, Jackson wow. Smith. Uh, Injiba, Injiba. Yeah, there's a lot there. I get in trouble saying it. Yep. Um, no, that's okay. I'm, just, I'm here to help. I like him. Don't love him. Um, I think Zay Flowers, to me, Zay Flowers is a rich man's Dion Branch. I see the route running. I see the quickness. I see some playmaking. I think he could be. I've heard as phenomenal, much. I've heard, I have heard the, the melding of Dion Branch and Antonio Brown. Yep. Uh, why there's some of that. Make- there's, a, there's a little bit of Tyreek Hill, not as explosive as Cheetah, but I see a little Tyreek Hill in him. The different routes he can run. Um He's a he's a he tracks the ball well. There's a lot to love about Zay Flowers, and I if I feel like if you get him with a really good quarterback in a pro system with a good coordinator, I think they could have a crapload of fun with him making plays you know, from a variety uh, of places. Talk to talk to me, Goose. I mean, you could just see this kid exploding now. If the Patriots were to get after him early in the draft and they thought they had a chance to get him at 14, which, like I just said a moment ago, could change if he just explodes or. Dunn puts on a show at the combine this week. Then you'd have to go with maybe trade or sign both a corner because we we addressed that in the first half of the podcast in the off-seasonal positional preview. You have to trade for or sign a free agent tackle as well, or you'd have to identify a second or third rounder you believe can contribute this season or shortly thereafter and hope to Hades that the combination of Stulba, McDermott, and Brown can hold the line this year at the tackle positions. And I didn't take much comfort in what I just said either, Andrew. All right, a couple last little nuggets. Andy, just give me a yes, no, and a five-second why. Do you think the Patriots, now that the Chicago Bears are going to put up the number one overall pick for sale, would they potentially be interested for any ridiculous reason? No. Okay. I mean, the the cost you'd have to pay to get up there, what you'd have to give up, um, I don't know who you'd be targeting. I don't think it's a quarterback. I don't really want Bryce young um, at five ten. I know they're going to, the height is going to start to but be he, really, but he, but he processes his things. So fast. yeah, we got a quarterback that processes supposedly from Alabama who you took in the first round, who knows Billy O'Brien. So stop. Yeah. Talking about that. <laughs> and if I want a five foot 10 quarterback, I got one sitting behind Mac Jones. That looks like right. a clone that had a real good feel good story and threw 5,000 touchdowns at Western Kentucky the year before. Um, by the way, so yeah, no, they're not trading up to the number one pick with the uh, the Bears, um, but I'm waving to my um, teenage kids that are making a snowman in the front yard. But <laughs> oh, I guess they did want to build a snowman. 
Uh, and my children are sledding right now. They're all they're all having the youthful joy while we provide people with the information and analysis they they so desperately need. And we're youthful and joyous. We're youthful and joyous. Much much more so than usual. Well, I, but, I mean, I I enter this chamber of analysis joyful, and then by the end, I'm always just. Which is where I need to take you now. Exhausted. I need to take you into a dark area. Oh. You you're not comfortable going there. Because I think we probably could have done a full segment on this, but uh, we can save it for future. So, Devin McCourty was on uh, Get Up Football, Good Morning yep. Football, whatever. Good morning, it's touchdowns, yep. Uh, and defended Mac Jones, talked about him being the future of the franchise, and mm-hmm. no one. And you people um, all go. immediately said, see, see, what's with all these rumors of people not being happy with um, – you let me know when I heard previously that a player said they were unhappy with Mac. I'd never heard once that a player didn't like Mac, was unhappy with Mac. All I've heard is praise from players. The speculative analysis of people that were rubbed the wrong way by Mac last year was yep. that it was the organization, Bill Belichick, coaches, those types of people. And I'm sorry, I don't believe McCordy speaks for them. He's speaking from a player's perspective. So I didn't think that answered anything this week and there were a lot of uh touchdown twins types on twitter as paul perillo likes to call them saying see see there's nothing going on in foxborough and i'm like no he he spoke from a player perspective he did not speak from the perspective of maybe bill belichick was annoyed i know tom curran on our station for example late in the year said speculated that mac may have made an enemy of the head coach i think is how he worded it Mm -hmm. by his actions Devin McCourty didn't respond to that. Devin McCourty was giving you his captain and player perspective. So I think the players like him. I've never heard a player say they don't like Mac or respect Mac or like his swag or you've heard everybody. It's the coaches and the, you know, Bill being on the record saying, yeah, Mac has the ability to play quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) Like, oh, that didn't seem like a, um, that wasn't exactly a pat on the back from the head coach. So nothing changed this week. Nothing. Nope, not a single damn thing should have changed. Whether it's your belief in Devin McCourty possibly coming back because he said he's going to make a decision in early to mid-March, and then Matthew Slater taken to the airwaves with Steve Burton opining for his guy to come back and join him for the victory lap season, I still think that would be a bridge too far. I think Devin McCourty should go gently into that good broadcast and media personality sports analyst night. Mac Jones, beloved by his teammates. I just, I have such massive Mac Jones fatigue already. It's unbelievable. It's not even, we're recording this in the final day of, what, second to last day, final day of February 2023, and already like, enough! Just either get rid of him or give him a chance to play this season. Everyone shut up. Well, just because I just want to be done with it. I obviously, and you know, I'm far from a Mac stan, but I believe you need to give Mac Jones a full season to figure out since you spent the damn first round pick on him. Can he excel? I believe he can. He can be a top 12 quarterback with this coordinator, with better weaponry and talent around him. It's it's damn near exhausting, Andy. It really has gotten exhausting at this point. So trust the teammates, trust the process, trust the new coordinator, and let's just move on to something else, please. And I just think a fair discussion is being had and one that's warranted with Mac Jones and what he's accomplished and done over two years because I read our website and Alex Reamer's writing a column about how there seems to be like this smear campaign going on against Mac. And I kind uh-huh. of agree. There's whispers yep. of smear. Uh-huh. And then I hear Adam Jones in the afternoon bitching and moaning that there's a propaganda campaign going on for Mac based on the uh, Devin McCourty comments. You know what that means? We're right where we should be. 
there's an honest co uh, conversation going on about Mac. Is he as good as the proponents believe or as Mac uh, Devin McCourty may believe? Is he the devil child that some of the critics may be? Or maybe it's in the middle somewhere and in this make or break year three, we're going to find out. And I think that's a fair conversation to be had right now. Exactly. And Mac Jones, hopefully, as he said on his trainer's Instagram comments, can earn that trust back this season as he goes about doing his Planet Fitness, Grandma, Cardio, and Zumba strength. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'd rather he take uh, off his shirt and look like a white Zay Flowers than do his, like, dog lift core rotation. Butt, butt on stretch fire. and put in the yeah. foam roller. I mean, <laughs> And I understand like Folks, that's I do that and I'm not a quarterback and I do that just so I don't get arthritic hips because I'm almost right. 50 for Christ's sakes. Yeah, I wish he would come back looking like, uh, you know, Dolph Lundgren in Rocky Four. Uh, Holy uh, crap, look at the abs yeah, and the pads. I must throw touchdowns, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I apologize, everyone, by the way. Great realization to make at the 52-minute mark into your podcast uh, that there was a microphone issue. So if you've been listening to this podcast saying, hey – Fitzy doesn't seem to have the uh, same richness of tone, the same dulcet uh, timbre, if you will, the the, the bassy, velvety, uh, smooth chocolate sound that his voice usually brings me on the pod. Uh, it's because the microphone uh, wasn't hooked up the entire time, uh, and Zoom just let me know that. So I apologize for the tinny, if you not, uh, if not echoey quality to my voice in this podcast. Was that tinny? T i n n y tinny. Oh. I thought you said something different. That made me laugh. Uh, no. no. Uh, Why would I, I ever I make you laugh on purpose, Andy? Uh, I'm going to say to you what Dante Scarnecchia once said to a couple no of offenses. Ryan. No. You are an effing moron. I oh. repeat, an effing moron. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. Well, I would have thought maybe our producer, who's already off producing another radio program, would have said, hey, Fitz, you sound different. But that's the problem. I actually didn't you think do... you sounded different. It's because I've got a great, a, nat a naturally loud voice that I project, but that's okay. I listen for these things. This is the problem. I'm a geek. I'm an audiophile. You know, I went to film school. You mock me for that all you want, but like I would notice. And I'm sure when I download and listen to this, when it's available tomorrow on Spotify, weei.com, Odyssey, Apple Pods, et cetera, I'm going to go, damn it, Fitzy. Come on, Nicholas. You should do better. I will next time. I won't let you down, people. Okay. Um, last two quick nuggets, Andy, because we've gone on much longer, but yet we'll still find another hour's worth of stuff to talk about in two days. Uh, Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, it was announced this morning, will be taking a year off. Whether I, that's for personal reasons, whether it's because he's mad he didn't get a head coaching job, uh, could be health issues. Uh, that's not great. I mean, they lose they lose Dayball last year. It besets them a bit, though Ken Dorsey did a very good job stepping in. And now you lose your defensive coordinator, who's one of the more highly regarded in the National Football League. Trouble in uh, Mafia land? The Yes. Um, I think they showed the signs of losing Dable late last season into the postseason offensively when it turned into Josh Allen, Chuck and Duck uh, kind of football, throw it down the field. And now I think you will probably see a defense that could lose Jordan Poyer, a safety that is, is, is a good defense but mm -hmm. isn't as good as its numbers, fell apart a little bit down the stretch. Now, I do think Frazier is pissed that he didn't get a coaching job. I think this is in relation to becoming a head coach um, and, and tied into that. But from a Patriot perspective, this is good for you. The Buffalo Bill, the Bills are actually going through what teams usually go through after they win the Super Bowl, except the Bills haven't been to or won the Super Bowl yet. Like the quarterback's getting paid. You lose an offensive coach. You lose a defensive coach. you got to get through all these things, except they haven't won anything yet in the midst of their little uh, – 
run here. And last but not least, uh, a piece that Turp, our producer, Justin Turpin, gave us right before we went to air. There's from the a, Onion, right? This is from the Onion. I wish it was from the Onion. There's a rumor that Tom Brady may be considering stand-up comedy. That he may oh, actually. This is going to hurt. He's going to be better than you at something you've done. Mm, no, he would. I, I would. I would gladly do a roast. My dream. I've still never physically met Tom Brady. Interviewed him a number of times. Spoken to every member of the family except him, not Giselle. Well, she's not in the family anymore. But uh, <laughs> that being said, uh, I w rather than meet Brady, I would love to do a roast battle with Tom Brady. Hell, I, I. Some people even told me on that foolish movie. You haven't seen Eighty for Brady yet, have you? No. Yeah, they've got like a, a Sully and a Fitzy and a Murph type character that they cut to on a podcast on the regular during 80 for Brady as well. So I appreciate the nod, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Uh, dude, Gronk tried stand-up for a while. Bad idea. It made it, it made it look like his Fox football analysis was top shelf and that he belonged on the broadcast networks. Now, I heard he was going to be doing a Netflix roast series called Gro Greatest Roasts of All Time. That was announced last year. We'll see if that actually comes to be with the Roastmaster General, Jeff Ross. Brady doing stand-up? No. I mean, like, I'd rather hear him in the booth on Fox, and I don't think he's going to be very good at that either. Well, we're seeing, and you bring up Gronk, and it's the same thing, where gr everybody was like, oh, Gronk's going to be the next Rock, and you're like, what? Not even close <laughs> Who to Who said that? Rock. Oh, that was, you don't remember that? That's what everybody said when the when he retired. Oh, he's I got such Gronk. a personality. Like, and it was so obvious he wasn't. This is the version of the Saturday Night Live skits that get made into movies. And you're like, wow, that was really funny for six minutes. But when you make it 90 minutes, it's a not night funny. At the Rocks It's a night at the yes. Roxbury. It's and like that's great. what these guys are good sound bites within their world of football. Like, oh, I need 10 second. Good quote. Good line. Good smile. Good delivery. Then they think they're something they're not. Your, your football mm -hmm. players. And I actually, I mean, Brady was never all that funny. I thought he peaked in that Dick's Sporting Goods commercial. That was a, a good one that he did with Funny or Die, the Will yes. production company. Yes. I thought that was the best he did. He was okay when he did Saturday Night Live. Um, that was a number of years back now. Mm -hmm. I forget. He was not was. great on SNL. I mean, Peyton Manning. He's okay. Put, Peyton oh, Manning, yeah, Peyton greater Peyton. than, funnier than sign. Peyton Manning yep. could do stand-up. He has done celebrity roasts. Right. I know he employs a cadre a team of writers when he does them. I know people that have written for those guys and they're excellent. And Peyton has awesome delivery. I don't know how this would go for Tom. The thing about poorly. when you do stand up, Andy, yeah, not very well. And Tom Brady should not do anything <laughs> that ends poorly. Um, but like, the thing is you have to have a POV. Like, who are you? The observational comedian, the put upon dad. Um, are you just a one-liner guy? You know, like what is Tom? Like, and the, they say the formula for comedy is comedy equals tragedy over time. What is so like, what does Tom Brady have to get up on stage and bemoan? What is Tom Brady going to criticize? What is Tom Brady's, what's so, what way, where's the ennui? What weighs so heavily on Tom Brady's shoulders that he's going to get up there and, you know, rip up, rip us up for 10, 15 minutes or do a tight five. Come on. I think there's no chance. And then when I read some of the stories and one of the uh, jokes or lines he was workshopping was what did the linebacker say to the flight attendant? put me in coach um what awkward awkward that's please don't tell me that's real no that was from supposedly like a source said one of the jokes he was like happy about or popular or he was saying to friends and apparently every friend is with us you read these stories and like they're trying to talk him out of it his inner circles trying to talk him out of it this won't end well no they're all right 
Um, and maybe he just needs to learn for himself. These rich people, these egomaniacs, these driven people think, yeah, and I was told I couldn't play in the NFL uh-huh. either, so I'll show you guys. Well, yeah, you were right about the NFL part. You were better than your draft status. You will be wrong about your comedic status. The only thing that will be funny will be watching a guy like Tom Brady, a golden child who does everything well, crash and burn on stage. Our pal, friend of the show, Patriots legend Matt Light does an annual comedy show. This year it's going to be at the Encore, uh, the 28th or 29th of March, I believe. And he does it to benefit the Light Foundation. Matt doesn't get up there and do a 20-minute set. He's not the headline. He's not the feature. He doesn't even open. He does a little MC work, shows some funny videos from back in the day that he took. But then he brings up professional comedians to do the comedy portion of the show. If Tom wanted to do a surprise five at a fundraiser someplace that he workshopped with a lot of jokes that he wrote, that top shelf comedy writers from Hollywood, the Phil Rosenthal's and all, write for him makes total sense. To try this as a legit routine because he needs to, you know, receive love and adulation because there's a hole in his soul. Ooh. That is going to end poorly. There will not be a 28-3 to the Tom Brady stand-up comedy routine no. tour. And we can just leave it at that. All right. We have gone well. We have sailed well past what we expected. It's almost a double supersize edition when we thought we were just going to have a quickie here on the old sex rings and football things. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. For more action, make sure you give a follow, rate, review, subscribe, and share amongst your friends in your Foxborough football community. Your old pal at FitzyGFY, Nick Fitzy Stevens, at Jumbo Hart, Andy Hart here with you on the At Six Rings pod. We'll be back in a couple of days. So much more coming on this offseason. Enjoy your combine week. Enjoy it all, and thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you soon. And as always, as Andy peers out the window, looking at the strange kids that are either on his lawn or whatever they're doing out there, Thanks They're spray painting a snowman. They have spray paint now. Out. That's not a good idea. All right. You need to attend to your children. I got to go find mine somewhere in the snowbanks of Southern Connecticut right now. Good day. God bless. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Pats. See you. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.